You're listening to Age of Reason, brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Will we ever understand this complex genius, this visionary thinker? Will we ever get this close again? Uniting the forces of our universe. Hey everyone, and welcome to Age of Reason today, episode 40. Uh, it's like the middle of February 2019. Uh, pretty cold outside, pretty good inside. Uh, before we start, I just want to promote my book once again, Beyond the Obscure. Uh, please get it. It's a very good book. Uh, psychological horror, but don't be put off by that uh, label, because if people people who really know me, they know me that, well, I'm an atheist and uh, I like science. I like to explain things that are realistically possible. So, so there's a lot of things in this in this book that you will like um, just outside the the horror thing so please do get it it's available on Amazon the links will be available in the description um, please check out my art as well on Redbubble uh, it's mainly a bunch of posters uh, but it's really for all kinds of taste uh, there's some mature content as well so anyway please check it out people like posters in general I sure do I, I have things all over the place so it's always good and I try to make new things all the time uh, today I'm gonna talk about climate change this is not a continuation of last week at all but it is all related of course so it does help if you've watched the previous shows so today's article comes from uh, Scientific American and uh, the title is climate forecast world is sleepwalking into catastrophe and it was posted uh, mid-january 2019 uh, this was this came up recently in the comments on my page because yeah it, it seems to me also that people are just extremely indifferent when it comes to the topic of climate change if you watched uh, the movie before the flood with dicaprio even he says at the beginning i think that uh Every time you even start talking about climate change, people just kind of tune out. It's just not interesting. But actually, climate science is extremely interesting. It th There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's not just weather science. It's, uh, you know, it's climatology in general. It's uh, watching the oceans because they play a huge part, of course, as well. It's watching the forests because... Uh, there's a lot of deforestation going on right now. It's about desertification. If you live in Africa, you there's a high risk that the deserts are moving in because of erosion and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, it, it's a really huge field. Uh, there, there's a lot of um, sciences involved. It's not just one thing. So, And, uh, yeah, it's the same with me. I often talk about it. I often post about it on my own page. But... I just don't really get much response. And yet, uh, you know, I understand, of course, it's not as important as your Instagram posts and your pictures of food. I totally understand that. All right, so this is a picture 
uh, from the Philippines. It's from a place Kalumpit. I hope I pronounced it correct. Usually you pronounce every every letter in some languages as they are. And this is a picture after a flood from a typhoon. So of course, uh, I live in Japan. We we get a lot of typhoons as well. But of course, Japan is a, what we call a developed nation. So every time there's a typhoon here or even an earthquake, except of course that big one that happened in Fukushima, uh, usually the damage, well, it depends what you're talking about because the material damage may be quite high, but uh, the uh, people, not many people lose their lives. And that's usually the big difference between a developed nation and a developing nation. Uh, some countries like the Philippines, for example, are, are at very high risk. And uh, you can see in the picture, this is, by the way, a very typical picture of construction in that country. Of course, if you go to Manila, you, you get some, some actual buildings there. But once you head outside, even to the island of Cebu or, uh, you know, um, Mindanao province, uh, you see a lot of these kind of buildings, not very sturdy at all. And uh, uh, just, you know, if there's a flood, then uh, all of that can easily be gone. So, and this is happening. Th this is the thing. This is happening right now. So if you're sitting somewhere in the middle of the States and, you know, floods don't affect you and perhaps the drought doesn't really affect you, you might have the illusion that, Everything is okay. Everything is fine because in my backyard is okay. And unfortunately, this type of thinking, um, this type of small world thinking that in, in my place, everything is okay. So therefore, everywhere must be okay. That, that's, that's a very kind of a cancerous idea, actually. And it's, it spreads quickly. That spreads very quickly, uh, indeed. So climate change is the biggest threat to the planet, the World Economic Forum said yesterday in a sweeping catalog of global risks. The institution's, analysis, the institution's annual analysis of economic dangers worldwide named extreme weather, natural disasters, man-made environment disasters, biodiversity, loss, and failure to adapt to climate change as the chief perils to society. And since we're on that topic... I just wanted to mention that, you know, some people say, well, the climate is, has always been changing. Yeah, but that means, I mean, usually that type of um, sentence is uttered by people who actually don't understand uh, climate change at all. Uh, or they might say that as a joke, but if they are serious, and usually if I check on those people, it, it turns out that they are serious about it. So... If you are actually saying that just climate has always been changing, so that's, you know, nothing to worry about, well, you, you just haven't studied the topic then. And you should probably take a course or two online and study from universities or something like that because the, the rate of change is, is absolutely out of control just very recently. In a, in a very short time span, we're talking about 100, 150 years or even since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, that's what you're talking about. You're comparing that tiny, tiny slice of time to basically, you know, I don't know how long these cycles are, but they, they are very, very long. They, uh, I think, millions of years. So you're comparing apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. 
Of all the risks to the globe, it is in relation to the environment that uh, the world is most clearly sleepwalking into catastrophe. The WEF said in its global risk report, the results of climate inaction are becoming increasingly clear. So again, I showed this curve last time, but this is important. Uh, perhaps it is the most important thing here to remember. Um, the, the curve of CO2 emissions goes hand in hand with the amount of population. So the more people you have, the more consumption you have. And then, of course, CO2 emissions increase um, as well. They really go hand in hand. And people were saying, I, I've read some interesting things, actually. I, I heard people say that, well, if you're talking about this problem of overpopulation, then you're, we're going back to the days of uh, what we what was called eugenics okay but eugenics was a term coined in the towards the end of the 19th century or so if you're looking at the curve the population at that time was still manageable so again it's not a fair comparison it sounds intellectual but yet it fails miserably the population rises dramatically after world war ii and and that's already we're in uncharted waters now this is new territory we don't really know how this is going to end up uh, don't act surprised this happens all the time uh, before the you know before the economic crisis in the u.s for example uh, very few professional economists actually thought that the economy would collapse the way that it did very few of them and they're supposed to be professionals they're supposed to be the experts on the matter and yet they got it wrong so don't just listen to some some people on the internet that don't really know what they're talking about it's true we don't know at all actually where this is going but usually the results so far have always been worse than the prediction just bear that in mind The report noted that the IPCC in October analysis uh, that bluntly said we have at most 12 years to make the drastic and unprecedented changes needed to prevent average global temperatures from rising. 1.5 degrees Celsius, roughly 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, limiting global temperatures increase to that amount is the goal of the International Paris Agreement. Meeting that goal will require unprecedented action to drive decarbonization of agriculture, energy, industry, and transport, WEF report said. However, it appears increasingly unlikely that the world will meet even the two degrees upper limit identified by the Paris Climate Agreement. Yes, unfortunately, that is the case. Um, uh, even countries like China, who have done tremendous progress, actually, on solar panels and stuff like that, uh, even they actually increased their uh, coal production uh, in the last year, I think. That was the statistic. So they built more. They, 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 there were satellite pictures released of some sites that were uh, unfinished, and then uh, they were finished, fully built and ready for operation or already in operation. So, yeah, um, it, it's. I, I fear that until... At, at least 2030, there, there is a very high chance that we're going to uh, definitely keep increasing the emissions. Uh, maybe then, after that, it will curb. We'll have to see. The world's leading climate scientists have warned that 
there is only a dozen years of global warming to be kept at a maximum of 1.5 degrees, beyond which even half a degree will significantly worsen the risk of droughts, floods, extreme heat and poverty for hundreds of millions of people. Uh, so this is a related article, of course. And it's interesting because uh, why is, is it such so important, I should say, to, to keep it at 1.5 degrees and not 2 degrees? Well, here are some quick facts. Um, for example, uh, so by, 20, uh, by, by the end of the century, let's say, global sea level rise would be 10 centimeters lower with global warming of 1.5 compared to 2. So you are probably thinking that, well, half a degree is not that big of a deal. Uh, certainly for people, you know, in Japan in summer, let's say it's 40 degrees uh, Celsius. If it's 40.5, uh, definitely will adapt to that. It's not, it still sucks. I hate, I hate summer, but uh, we can definitely survive. But it does make a huge difference on, on the ice out there and on the crops out there. Extreme heat waves will be experienced by 14% of the world population at least once every five years at 1.5 degrees. But that figure rises to more than a third of the planet if the temperatures uh, rise to two degrees. Again, huge difference. Uh, just half a degree makes a huge difference. We're talking about global average temperatures. Again, it's not just your temperature in your one little spot on the, on the Earth. We're talking about the average on the globe. So there are temperature sensors all over the planet and that's how we measure it very precisely indeed. Arctic sea ice would remain during most summers if warming is kept to 1.5 but at 2 degrees ice-free summers are 10 times more likely leading to greater habitat losses for polar bears, uh, polar bears whales, seals and seabirds. If warming is kept to 1.5 degrees coral reefs will still decline by 70 to 90 percent again that's what we're talking about, the best case scenario. We still have to lose 70 to 90% of coral reefs. It's absolutely ridiculous. But if temperatures rise to two degrees, virtually all of the world's reefs would be lost. Again, it seems quite insignificant, only half degree, and yet it has huge, huge implications. Um, the coral reefs, they support entire communities. There are many Pacific Island nations and they, kind of rely on that because their fish comes from okay the fish lives in that environment so if the coral reefs are bleached completely or, or gone then uh, the fish either dies off as well or is forced to move to some other habitat and then the people on that island cannot survive it's all related it's all a chain once you start breaking the chain uh, it, it collapses entirely uh, which I'm going to talk about in a future article because it's important to understand that collapse is already happening right now. Collapse is a process. It's not a result of something. It's a process and we are absolutely in that process. The Trump administration's fourth national climate assessment in November, meanwhile, said that without significant reductions in emissions, average global temperatures could rise 9 degrees Fahrenheit by the turn of the century. So this is Trump's own group. Now, these are people, I mean, come on, a lot of people in his cabinet uh, are absolutely paid by the fossil fuel industry. They deny climate change. They misinform the people on purpose because they're paid to do that. But 
even his own climate panel says that if we don't change anything, uh, then we're in for a drastic increase in temperature. The risk point, uh, ri the risk report pointed to the accelerating pace of biodiversity loss, which I also have another article on. See, I'm well, I'm well prepared. I, I do my research very well. So I have a lot of time to do that. And I was talking about that before. Uh, the system that we live in does not favor knowledge. It, we, governments don't want, you know, smart intellectual people. They want people who, like George Carlin was saying at the time. Uh, they want people who just, you know, are smart enough to, to operate the machines, to push the buttons, but they're not smart enough to actually cause some, some drastic change. Uh, the governments fear intellectual people. They're a direct danger to them. I have the time to do my research because I don't have a full-time job. Uh, well, there's various reasons for that. Uh, health issues being a major issue. Uh, there's others, but instead of just, you know, kind of, I should say, enjoying my life and maybe going out with, hanging out with friends or, you know, playing video games, which I like to do, uh, I spend a lot of time studying. Uh, there is no excuse these days. A lot of resources are free. Um, so you just need the time to do it. Sit down and study. That's all. It's fun anyway. You learn new things. That should be fun. But People call me, then people call me a nerd. Are you a nerd? So you see, th 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 this is exactly what the problem I'm talking about. So now intellectual is, is bad. It's, it's not in fashion. So people like me now are very kind of isolated from society. I, I, I can't find many friends uh, out there. It's very difficult because they also have this mentality. Also, you're, you're a nerd, so I, I can't have fun with you, whatever that means. All right, so biodiversity loss, popular particular concern. Species abundance is down 60% since 1970. I mentioned that on the previous show. The, that affects the human food chain, health and socioeconomic development with implications for well-being, productivity, and even regional security. So again, I said that before, when I was in high school, my geography teacher in the um, human geography class was talking about um, food wars. He was talking about water wars. And even at the time that was in the 90s, I was saying like, come on, there's no way. I mean, it's just a, a fear campaign. It's just propaganda or it's, it's something very unknown. And yet we see these things happening already. We see that happening, um, well, at least for a decade now, probably more. So these things are happening. Climate change as well is increasing strain on the global food system through changes in temp temperature, precipitation, and extreme weather events, along with higher carbon emissions. The last four years have been the hottest on record, it said. Sea level rise is another peril. An estimated 800 million people in more than 570 coastal cities are vulnerable to oceans rising 1.6 feet by 2050 and a lot of these cities are in the states as well so you know these people these people should absolutely be worried higher waters are already hitting home in the united states the report said cities like norfolk baltimore charleston and miami experience flooding on sunny days uh, due to rising sea levels rising water threatens roads railways ports sanitation systems 
tourism agriculture power plants and uh, underground cables that connect the internet well yeah uh, if you're you know again if you're in Miami since they mention it here uh, you could be uh, enjoying your day out in your lawn and then sewage water comes from below uh, because the water is rising right this is already happening we already see that many people complain about it and yet the governor of Florida who is Rick Scott if I'm not mistaken uh, he's a climate change denier he, he takes huge donations from uh, fossil fuel industries so that's that's your enemy I'm not your enemy that's please try to understand that I'm just trying to spread knowledge to people information because a lot of the time what I talk about is is very neglected on mass media it's maybe like somewhere in the corner or a footnote on, on CNN or, or BBC or something but I I give these issues I, I shine uh, I shed light on those issues which is very important the article ends by as sea levels rise and urban vulnerabilities increase the urgency of the need to respond to these cha changes is going to intensify the report said beyond adaptation measures addressing urban vulnerability to sea level rise will require households businesses and governments to avoid exacerbating dangers there is little point putting new flood defenses in place for example if existing defenses are undermined through continued development of homes and businesses in coastal areas and on floodplains so the first time I heard about floodplains was also back in my geography class in high school and the, basically the teacher said all right so floodplains that's what it means it's a it's a plane that gets flooded occasionally from time to time uh, people build houses there what do you think is gonna happen of course it's gonna get flooded so my my question was well why do people build there then uh, isn't that just dumb and the reason of course is cost of course if you buy land there it's much cheaper and some people don't even study the area they, they oh they think it's a great price so I'm gonna you know build a house there and then it gets flooded but that is a problem also of population so these people probably have nowhere else to go you know the, the number of apartments is limited wherever you go in New York Tokyo uh, Berlin uh, so then the rest of the people they have to live somewhere so then they go to these places but then these places get flooded or you know there's severe droughts there or whatever so anyway it all kind of comes back in full circle I guess okay and that's it for today's show I hope you enjoyed I hope you found it interesting uh, the whole idea is to uh, find some educational value in this uh, and hopefully learn something and you know if you like it please share it uh, please remember to get my book beyond the obscure available on Amazon uh, please check out my art on Redbubble as well uh, all the links will be in the description below and uh, hopefully I will see you next week uh, probably we'll talk more about something related to uh, climate change. Until then.